Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate all the listens and the subscribes and the reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can find us at womanwarriors.com, Woman Warriors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can download my free meditation guide for worried women on the website. Go to womanwarriors.com. There is a link there uh, at the top of the page. Click on that and get your free guide. I will also be hosting mindfulness groups here in Annapolis for all those worried women who live locally. If you're interested and live in Maryland, You also can connect with me and I will be hosting an online group as well. So if you would like to be a part of those groups, give me a shout out to me uh, working toward doing a broader version of the group online as we go forward as a more of a coaching than therapy group. So if you're interested in that, reach out to me as well. You can find my contact information at the end of the podcast in the show notes, womanwarriors.com. I've extended the deadline for entries for the two book giveaway in celebration of the podcast's two-year anniversary. So two people will be randomly selected to win two books. The first book is The Mindful Day, Practical Ways to Find Focus, Calm, and Joy from Morning to Evening by Lori J. Cameron. The other book is The Mindful Self-Compassion Workbook, a proven way to accept yourself, build inner strength, and thrive by Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer. Both books have been exceedingly helpful for me in my journey through self-acceptance, self-love, self-compassion, as well as mindful awareness in daily living. So I hope you'll enter. You can send me an email at ecush135 at gmail.com with happy anniversary in the subject line. Or you can contact me through my website, progressioncounseling.com or womanwarriors.com. Click the contact button and shoot me an email there with the same subject heading. I hope you'll enter. As of the release of this episode, the coronavirus is wreaking havoc out there in the world. Well, and the response to the coronavirus is is here in Maryland. Public schools just got closed and I'm a little worried about the impact it's going to have, the virus is going to have on our communities and our businesses and the world. So 
I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're taking care of yourself if you're sick. Know that my thoughts and my concern and my prayers and my worries are with all of you out there in the world. This week, my guest is Nikki Kenward. She is an author, an international healthcare educator, an upledger craniosacral therapist, a yoga teacher, and a yoga as medicine therapist, and a poet. And today we are going to be talking about her book, It's All in Your Gut. And so we're going to be talking about the connection between your brain and what she calls your second brain, which is our gut and our whole digestive system. So I'm very excited about this because I know how often my clients will say to me when they're anxious or stressed or overwhelmed that it's not just impacting them like feeling like a tightness in their chest or tension in their shoulders or a nervousness that there's actually like impact, it impacts their stomach and their digestive system. And maybe they're having irritable bowel syndrome or feel like they are nauseous all the time. And so I'm very interested to talk to Nikki about this connection between our brain and our gut. I want to apologize for the inferior sound quality in my conversation with Nikki Kenward. Unfortunately, there are times when I'm recording and I don't double check the microphone input connections, and I guess I didn't. So pretty sure I'm recording off my laptop microphone, which means there's a lot of background noise. I do feel that this interview was important to share, so I hope you will bear with the crappy sound quality and hang in there and listen. And uh, I try my best to provide the best sound quality, but life happens and sometimes we make mistakes. We're human. So let's move on and let's get started. Hi, Nikki, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Elizabeth. Delighted to be here. Oh, I'm really excited to talk to you about your book. But before we get to that, if you wouldn't mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself and why you do the work that you do. Okay, so I, st I started off as a contemporary and ballet dancer, mm -hmm. and uh, that was my background. Quickly became really interested in dance therapy and in process work, uh, which led me to fall in love with craniosacral therapy, which is all about body-mind work. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of a brief background of how I got here. And I do the work I do now, which is often focused on the gut and emotional health, because I, from my own experience and experience of people coming into my practice of 25 years now, I want to help people not to feel isolated with what they're going through and help bring them out of shame and secrecy so they can grow from their experience and talk about it and not be judged and mm -hmm. be supported. Yeah, yeah. And I know um, you talk a lot of your, about your own journey through recognizing how integrated or connected our gut 
which you call our second brain and our mm -hmm. brain are connected and and how both early childhood trauma but traumas in our lives can impact our gut um, mm -hmm. so I'd love to talk about that but I think probably for the listeners it would be really important for them to understand what craniosacral therapy is because I know that until I met our mutual friend Catherine I didn't even know what craniosacral therapy was Sure, sure. So craniosacral therapy is a light touch form of body work that really addresses and offers release to uh, restrictions and tension patterns in the central nervous system and everything to do with that. So head, neck, spine, brain, spinal cord, dural membrane, fluids, all of that is in this very important core system in the body. That's what we work with. And of course, a really important aspect of that, which you've touched on, is the autonomic nervous system, which is about how we respond to stress, where we get our resilience from, if we have any, um, our fight, flight, freeze. Um, so that's what we're working with, a core system on the in the body um, to offer that person opportunity to uh, release some of the layers of stress that may have built up from early childhood onwards. Mm. Yeah, because so much, and you know, you discuss this in our book, in your book, and also it's now being researched more thoroughly that like t trauma really gets stored in your body, right? Absolutely. And uh, our whole emotional history is written in our body, and an awful lot of it is written into our gut, as I've discovered. And, you know, we have wonderful research like the ACE study, which I'm sure you've heard of, the Adverse Childhood Experience Study. Yes. Huge study, yeah, done in America. Lots of brilliant books have come out of that, Childhood Disrupted, The Deepest Well. Um, such an important thing to understand that... Uh, early childhood um, difficult experience and challenge without maybe some mitigating factors can have a lifelong impact on our mental and physical health. So it's really a bit trite perhaps but true to say that our uh, biography becomes our biology. Mm. Well and so much of that um, encoding in our body can happen even before we're old enough or even out of the womb, right? Absolutely, because as a baby, an embryo, fetus in the womb, we are going to experience the difference in cortisol levels in our mother, how she's feeling, tension patterns in her body. So all of that we're taking on board and absorbing. And of course, the younger we are from in utero or early years, we can't talk about it, we can't ask questions, we probably don't understand what's happening. So that experience becomes deeply encoded in our body at cellular level, because what else are we going to do with it? Mm, so true. Mm. And so you, you share a lot of your journey in your book, which I found very helpful in sort of kind of connecting 
Mm-hmm. It's making it feel real, you know, because oftentimes when you're reading about more brain science and biology, it's hard to kind of connect that to ourselves. But yes. um, if you wouldn't mind sharing some of your personal story around, you know, recognizing the connection between the gut and your physical and mental health. Absolutely not. And trauma. And, you know, and that's why I put it in the book because I didn't want to write or read a textbook and I wanted people to feel less isolated and to be able to engage mm-hmm. uh, with and I hoped that some of it might resonate and as it turns out it does which is great so I had uh, some very challenging times as a child and teenager and recognizing looking back now with the knowledge that I have about the gut and brain science I can see where my gut responded in terms of going in very much to freeze and dissociation as I look back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then more recently, well, about 15 years ago, I had my, um, I nearly drowned in a scuba diving accident and my gut was really badly impacted by that. I had chronic late on, uh, late onset post-traumatic stress disorder, but as I like to call it actually post-traumatic gut. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, PTSD diagnosis is was um, created by psychiatrists and psychologists, so they don't often mention the gut, but in my personal experience and lots of people I work with, the gut is nearly always impacted. It yeah. responds yeah. to how safe or not we feel. So I have had a lot of personal experience about um, my gut being in a state of fight and flight, in freeze and all the associated difficulties, whether it's been constipation, diarrhea, nausea, cramping, you know, all those horrible things that are debilitating in the middle of the night when you're panicking, you don't know what's going on, and you don't feel able to talk about it. Because people don't always want to hear about your bowel movements. <laughs> you know, not especially not when they're always going wrong, you know. And then if you talk about that and your emotional health in the same sentence, I used to find there was rather awkward silence. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I don't want that for people. That was the most difficult and painful and sad thing for me was feeling alone with it. Oh, yeah. Well, and... I would imagine too, and you know, as you described in the book, you had this horrifying experience while scuba diving, but Mm. the post-traumatic sort of experience, the the reaction didn't happen until much later, which can happen for people, right? I mean, like it doesn't always happen right away. No, that's right. And in fact, if it's it was about three months later that it kind of hit me like a truck one night, bam. Um, And when it happens like that, it's usually a a little bit trickier to deal with than if you get an immediate response to one event. Right. So, yeah. Um, So, obviously, I've done a lot of work on that. And I'm a huge believer in post-traumatic growth as well. Not just going from, not just surviving, but actually thriving as a result of these experiences. Yeah, well, I think if when we do the work to uh, work to grow after the post-traumatic order, I mean, the traumatic uh, experience that there really can be an amazing amount of growth personally 
um, yes. working through that. Absolutely, and I think the validation of just what you've said has come to me as a result of my book going out there because I've had so many messages from people saying that resonated with me, this allowed me to recognize that. People I'd never met from all over the world really. Wow. And that's just been so, just so wonderful to hear because that was my intention, but you never know till you put something out there, right? So, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it and then let's see what happens. Well, I thought it was interesting that, um, and I forget what kind of doctor it was, but somebody who you met with after all of, you know, the mm. after the scuba dive, and, the, and he was basically like saying that, you know, it's not getting back to who you were, but it's yes. finding out where you are and who you are now after this. Absolutely. Now, that was a cardiologist that I saw who was wonderful, and that was one of the single most helpful things anybody ever said to me at that time because I felt and I think people often do like I was somehow less and failing because I wasn't the person I was before and I was comparing and struggling but then when I came away from that I thought well of course I've integrated this or am trying to integrate this big experience that's part of me, part of my material, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. Of course I'm going to be different, and I don't quite know what that looks like now. But then I went forward with curiosity, feeling empowered, as opposed to feeling helpless about trying to go backwards. So I've always remembered that, and I try and pass that on to people as well when they come to me. Yeah. And so... Talk to us a little bit about how our brain and why our brains and our guts, you know, what we're learning now about how interconnected they really are. Sure. So um, I got interested in this from my own experience and from all the research that was coming about. And I realized that we needed to work with the brain in the gut, not just the brain in the head, which is what I've been doing to date. So the brain in the head is connected by the superhighway that is otherwise known as the vagus nerve into the gut, the enteric nervous system, which is buried in the gut. And a lot of people have heard about this uh, gut-brain axis. Um, so our vagus nerve is very much about our ability to rest and our ability to digest. But more than that, that's one big connection the gut actually, with its own nervous system, the enteric nervous system, often called the second brain now, has um, actually does a lot of stuff, makes its own decisions without talking to the brain in the head. Which is so amazing, isn't it? I yeah. know, that just blows me away. Yes, so it has its own complete neural circuitry, which has nothing to do with the brain in the head. And so it's much more complicated than we thought. It's not just the gut-brain axis. And then you have another level of um, uh, complexity, which is the microbiome, the gut bacteria, who talk to each other and talk to every aspect of the second brain. And those conversations sometimes refer to the brain in the head and sometimes not at all. Mm -hmm. 
So you have a very complex system. Yeah. yeah. What, what I've discovered is that it can be a place where we, as I did as a child, dissociate from. It's very easy to dissociate from a place that makes its own decisions. Oh, yeah, I would bet. Yeah, so when you've been through some kind of very challenging or traumatic event, be that emotional or surgical or infection or disease, whatever it might be, we can really cut ourselves off from what's happening in the gut somehow not be able to connect with and understand what's going on with it which is what happened to me mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of the work for me is recognizing that we need to reconnect and befriend the gut yeah, on yeah. every level physically emotionally mentally to move forwards sorry i think i've drifted off point a bit there but no no but i i, I mean to me um it, it's all on point but yeah i understand like what i often see in i'm a therapist so what i see in session with clients who have sort of become disconnected from mm. the gut one can be like a just an no awareness or ability to really take care of their gut, like eating healthy, drinking when they're thirsty, going to the bathroom when they need to, that there is such a disconnection that, um, and I think a lot of it too, I mean, it's from traumatic experiences because yeah. that they weren't really taught how to tune in and take care, or it was safer to just shut all of that out. I agree, and I think safety is the bottom line for a lot of this, and I think that you're you're quite right, and people dissociate, usually it's protective for me, I think it was protective, mm -hmm. and I tried in so many ways to connect back with my gut and, and found it difficult, and I think people do, even if they want to, um, which is why I've developed the work that I do to assist people as far as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And so how does, how does craniosacral therapy help with that? And I think you also talked about uh, somatic, I'm forgetting emotional, the name. Somatic emotional release. Yes, yes. Yes. So how well, do they help? Sorry. Yes, so um, somato-emotional release is kind of what it says on the tin. It's release of emotions from the body. And that's a set of dialoguing techniques which we incorporate into the craniosacral work where it's appropriate for that person so it's not um it's not a form of counseling or psychological work it's a form of ex, um, supporting and facilitating people's experience of the history and the tissues mm. with just open questions and general support um, often imagery dialoguing might be part of that so with the work I've developed a set of techniques to, um, to work hands-on with the gut and to facilitate that process of any history that there is there. Because until that somatic history, the history in the body, maybe a tension and strain pattern in the colon or some other part, um, is acknowledged, if they, is become aware of, and maybe some of that emotion, if there is some, is let go of, there won't be a physical release in the tissue. 
So the work I've done is to develop techniques to work more specifically with the second brain, not just the brain in the head, in those ways. Yeah. And I'm hopeful that there will be more and more information about how how much stress, trauma, feeling, you know, overwhelm, anxiety impacts our internal digestive system. Um, you know, I I know that oftentimes clients will come to me with, you know, I always feel nauseous when I get anxious or um, yeah. I can't eat anything when, or I eat too much, you know, that I'm just constantly just putting things in my mouth so that, yeah, that, that and, but not recognizing feeling full or, um, yes. yeah, and they're so, so connected. Yeah, it's huge. And um, so I'm hoping that, well, like you, with the work that I do to raise awareness and give people information and give them opportunities through my work and the therapists that I teach and through my also do some yoga for digestive health work um, to help people befriend their gut because I used to get so frustrated with it and cross with it and that of course wasn't helpful although it was human <laughs> so it's like oh no not again for goodness sake you know why can't you just uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that was hardly going to help me listen to those big messages it was giving me. Oh, so I think, it, again, and I'm sure for you too, it's about that safe space, isn't it? Yes. Being yes. able to be feel safe enough to go into that, to connect, to listen. And um, Well, and as and you said, to be curious, right? Instead of like, oh, no, it's like, oh, Hey there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which is what I would do now, you know, but I spent years being cross with my gut. Yeah. Well, and I think <laughs> No, and I think uh, that's such an important part of I think any sort of mental distress, so coming through trauma and the sort of being curious about what you are experiencing and what you know why is this showing up now and maybe there isn't an answer maybe there isn't a clear like this is why but yeah having that curiosity around okay you're here now but where do we go from here that's right and even if we don't because i don't always know why but i might tune in and say well now what do you need what, mm. what would you need at the moment yeah. Do I need to take a bit of pressure off? Do I need to go for a walk? Do I need to drink some water? Do I need to go and do a bit of yoga? What do I need? Mm. What do you need, my gut? And yeah, what do we need together? Yeah, so, so great. And um, I just appreciate so much that you were willing to share so much in the book about your own experience. I know it's hard at times to share trauma and um, be open and honest about how it's impacted you, but I think it's so important too. Being a trauma survivor myself, I think it's really sure. important. I think it really is because otherwise, you know, again, it comes down to isolation, shame and secrecy, and I don't want that for anybody. And I think it's another thing I think is really interesting is that when you look at the Eastern philosophies, 
you know, this lower dantian, the lower part of the the abdomen, Mm -hmm. is their center for emotional and spiritual growth. And we think of it as often as a tube the poo goes through. You know, now there's a dichotomy if there ever was one. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I, you know, so in my book, that's why I've got the poetry about the gut in and other things. I like to, and when I'm teaching, is to bring people back to that sense of wonder about this incredible place where we really respond to the outside world instantly. And a sense of wonder of its beauty and complexity and to honor it and listen rather than just thinking of it as this place where food goes in and feces come out. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, I think it's amazing to that just the, the health of our gut on its own can impact our, how we're feeling too. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, completely. I mean, it's most of our serotonin is manufactured and stored in the gut. Um, so if our gut's in a state of fight and flight or freeze, that impacts on the serotonin levels, which impacts on our anxiety or well-being and sleep. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's massive. And in fact, there's a wonderful psychiatrist that you've probably heard of, Professor Emeron Mayer. Mm, I have not. Right. I think you would love his stuff. He says that the time has come for psychiatrists to treat the second brain as well as the one in the head. Wow. Because they're so connected. And uh, there's another guy, John Cryan, another, I think he's a psychiatrist, and he says that every single um, neurological, um, what's the word I'm looking for, event that happens in us um, is accompanied by the gut microbiota so you know we have it's part of everything that we experience and feel and yet often disconnected so when you take both those things into consideration you realize as as you and I do how important it is yes yes well and I think it speaks to I mean, what I think is finally evolving is this sort of treating the whole body versus this yes. symptom, that symptom, take this yeah. medication for this. Yeah. Like it's looking at the whole system. Absolutely. And the more we know about it, the more complex it is, you know, because now you've got the microbiota gut brain axis. It's not just the gut brain axis. Yes got all the independence of the gut as well as the connection with the gut bacteria in the brain and the head. You've got the complexity of the cells and the layers of the intestine in there which are extraordinary. Um, So all of these aspects are impacted by our life from utero in utero onwards and yours will be different to everybody else's and so is mine. So you cannot possibly know what somebody needs, can you? Right. Never have a truly holistic approach. Yeah. And yeah. respond to that person without an agenda. So if people wanted more resources or tips to better take care of their gut, like are there, besides your book, which or including your book, 
Like how do yeah. they how do they find those? Great. So yeah, the books helpful, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, there's my YouTube channel. If it's okay for me to mention that, absolutely. Is, so that's called the Emotional Gut, and I, I've only just started it. It's got a gut breath meditation on it. Oh, cool. Add things to it. So that's a resource people can click on. It's ten minutes. And the idea of that is to help people tune in to listen and befriend their guts. Very simple to do. Nice. That's another resource. Um, also, just simple things. Learning to breathe is helpful. Breathe into the belly. Um, going for a walk in the fresh air is amazing. And you know your gut bacteria love to go for a walk every day for 30 minutes. Yeah, I bet they so, do, right? So, Take your bacteria for a walk. And have this great image of them all on little leads, like tiny little dogs, which just is maybe too much insight into my brain, and going along behind me as I go for a walk. That was exactly what I was picturing. Like, but I, I have a dog too, so yes, taking them all outside to to play. Yeah. Yes, and and anything playful. Anything that makes you smile and feel happy. So for me, it's singing and yoga, going for a walk by the river, whatever it is that makes you feel happy, whatever that might be doing. Probably you mentioned that you like doing some dance. Mm -hmm. You know, all these different things will impact on the gut because if we can get into that parasympathetic, that more relaxed state, the body can heal, we're open to the messages. And that applies to anything. It doesn't matter what's going on with us. Yeah. The gut will yeah. respond really well to all those things. Of course, clean diet. Please don't eat sugar. Mm. That's probably the worst thing you can do for your gut. Yeah, yeah. So how do people find you, Nikki? Well, they can find me on YouTube by subscribing to my channel. They can email me. Um, so I can give you my email, okay, which is Nikki N I K K I dot Cranio C R A N I O at Gmail dot com. Awesome. And there's my website, um, Nikki Kenwood dot com. So in all those ways, I'm eminently reachable, and I love to hear from people from their experience because I'm learning all the time. Mm. from what people are um, experiencing themselves and what they've discovered. Nice. Well, I so appreciate your taking the time. And you're you're across the Atlantic Ocean, right? I am. <laughs> I'm in Arlo, just outside London in the UK. Nice. Well, I really appreciate your taking the time and being with us today. I will include all of the contact information in the show notes on the episode so people can find you and find your book and your YouTube channel. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking to you and it makes me very happy that you are also spreading the word. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed that conversation with Nikki. I know that you know, our, our gut health and our brain health are very, 
uh, interactive that they, you know, if our gut is in distress, that can cause us emotional distress and that our emotional distress can impact our digestive system. But if you're more interested in why all of that is the way it is, you can check out Nikki's book, It's All in Your Gut, Let Your Second Brain Guide You to Optimal Health. She goes into great detail about the biology of all of this, and it's pretty interesting and uh, was very eye-opening for me. But you can find that in the show notes, a link to how to buy her book. I hope you'll check out her other resources, and I hope that this coming week, you will take care of your gut. Tune in, listen, get curious to what your gut needs. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com. Thank you.